Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's. We're in book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. It is grand. Grand. Today we are going to talk about Beach Read by Emily Henry, and later we are going to talk about some of your favorite Beach Reads. But first, mom, what have you been reading? Okay, I actually... And I'm ready to tell you. Okay, tell me. Jeez, get I, over it. <laughs> I think the Beast of Beswick was our last. Uh, yes. I don't think we did it as a no, no, full episode, we didn't, but, but yeah, I think that's where we left off. And then we read Get a Life, Chloe Brown. Yes. And after that, I read Take a Hint, Danny Brown. As did I. And then after that, I read Beach Read. Yeah. So we've read the same books. The same books. This segment gets more and more boring. Super boring. <laughs> um, I do think I'm going to try and read Daring and the Duke before our next book. There's lots of books that just came out. I know. Well, we're in the we're in the peak season for for beach reads. Romance, yeah, for <laughs> romance releases. So, um, but yeah, I. I think uh, I I think I'll say I liked Take a Hint. More than get a cl- clue. I sure liked Zafir. Zafir. I sure liked yeah, him a lot. He was a doll, and he was him and his romance books and things like that. Yes. I mean, we're going to always be a sucker for that. And he just seemed like a dishy sweetheart. So. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Which sign me up for that. We're a fan of, as I know all of you are as well. Um, okay, so today we're going to be talking about Beach Read by Emily Henry. It is a standalone book that came out this past May, and here is the back cover description. Augustus Everett is an acclaimed author of literary fiction. Jan- January Andrews writes best-selling romance. When she pens a happily ever after, he kills off the- his entire cast. They're polar opposites. In fact, the only thing they have in common is that for the next three months, they're living in neighboring beach houses, broke and bogged down with writer's block. Until one hazy evening, one thing leads to another, and they strike a deal designed to force them out of their creative ruts. Augustus will spend the summer writing something happy, and January will pen the next great American novel. She'll take him on a field trip worthy of any rom-com montage, and he'll take her to interview surviving members of a backwoods death cult, obviously. Everyone will finish a book, and no one will fall in love. Really? Okay, Mom, what did you think of Beach Read? Um, I really liked Beach Read. Now, with that said, I had some things that... And I devoted an entire question to your things. My things? (laughs) That, um... That we both. I mean, so I think I'm going to also give it a really like. Um, it's it's very close to a love for me. Um, I really liked it. I thought the banter was great. Yeah. I I, I think her writing is really amazing. Good. Really yes. good. Yeah. Um, I had, it was a little weird because based on the title of the book and the cover art, mm-hmm. I went into it thinking it was going to be like a light little frolic and it was much angstier than yes. I had anticipated, um, which is fine. I can I can do angsty, and that's not what my quibble was at all. It well, just threw me off a little. I so we're going to talk about beach reads in the second half, but um, I'll say with this one, I think this is a beach read 
for general audiences, but it's not necessarily a beach read for romance Romance. readers. I think beach read as a term is all relative to like what you read on an everyday basis. And since we always read happy, you know, happy endings and things like that, um, and kind of more fluffy, this is on the angstier end of what we read. And, um, so for me, this is not necessarily the type of book I would classify as a beach read, but for people who are reading, you know, Gone Girl and Girl on a Train in their everyday life, this is a beach read is how I would think of it. Sure. Or maybe it was named beach read ironically. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) Um, It covers both spectrums, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very close to a love. I, maybe after talking about it, I'll even give it a love. Um, but I think that's where, and yes, like you said, banter, a reformed grumpy hero, which we know I like. I do like a grumpy hero. Um, and yeah, the writing I thought was just really, really good. Um, okay, mom, what did you think of January as our heroine? See, here's the problem. You're going to start with January, and she's the one that I have problems yeah, I know. with. <laughs> Just, you can hint, but we'll talk more in depth uh, okay. about Okay. Um, January was, was fine. I, I loved um, a lot about her. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I don't know how much I want to get into it, if well, you've got questions coming later. She's got communication problems. She has communication problems. Here's my biggest problem, is that, yes, she's had... Some bad things that have happened to her recently. And I get that. But I don't feel like she's handled any of it very well at all. And for someone who was raised in kind of a happy, loving home, it seemed like she would have been a little stronger to deal with some of these things rather than... Because he was the one that was raised in like... A really shitty home. <laughs> yeah, terrible circumstances. Yeah. And, um, and he seemed more <laughs> together with things than she did. She... Yeah. I mean, heaven forbid, but there's a lot of people who've been raised by parents who split up. There's a lot of people who've been raised by parents who, uh, you know, get divorced. And there's a lot of people who lost a parent and they've handled it a lot better than she did. I had a huge problem with her whining about, I don't even know my father because she found out all these secrets about him. And it's like, but she's got this letter from him that he wrote to her. That she won't open and read. And it's like, girl, how can you sit here and piss and moan that you don't know your father and you've got a letter sitting on top of the refrigerator or wherever it was and you won't open it and read it? It it just seems ridiculous to me. Yeah. I think it kind of like blows up her worldview a bit and, and like kind of everything she purports to stand for, you know, um, and so I think that's part of her problem. Um, and I think so because she herself doesn't have a happily ever after, she puts a lot of her faith in that on her parents. And I think that's part of her problem as well. And because so much of who she is is about her parents' marriage. Well, if you're, what was she, 28? Yeah. If you're 28 and thinking or you 29. don't, there's just no way you're going to have a happily ever after, there's something wrong with you. I mean... Well, yeah, let's hope so, because I'm 33 and, you know... Uh, I mean, it's just... It just seemed a little silly to me that she was acting quite so ridiculous. Yeah. I I concur. She got frustrating. 
it bugged me less. But as things were happening, I'm like, well, mom's not going to like this and mom's not going <laughs> to like that. Um, During the conflict, which I know you're going to ask me about later, yeah. I was literally putting my Kindle down and as they say in our books, scrubbing my face with my hands yeah. <laughs> because I just like, oh, this girl. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but I did feel for her and I think her other biggest problem is that she didn't get to confront her dad about it. And, and then she had her mom who just would not like talk about it. Um, but then she would get that way sometimes. And I, and I would be like, girl, you're acting just like your mom. And that pisses you off when your mom does it. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like Sonia really wanted to talk to her and, you know, we as readers knew she probably did need to talk to her, but um, but I also get not really wanting to talk well, to your father's mistress. Not wanting to talk to her, and I get not wanting to, I don't know. It just, you know, communication is always the worst. Yeah. And she was just, I don't know. It, to me, it was just like, people deal with this kind of crap in their lives all the time, and they do it way better than you are, so. Yeah. And I think also, like, in general, she's had a rough year, you know, and well, that's yeah. kind of, you know, she's poor. Bro- her, boyfriend her boyfriend bo- broke up with her. Her dad died. And then she found out her dad had had this, like, second life. And then now she's having to, because of finances, having to move into his love shack with his former mistress. You know, it's not, it's not the best circumstances for her to be, like, completely level-headed. But I didn't feel like she handled things very well. I know you don't. I know you feel that way. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to play devil's advocate. I know. Usually to... it's it's flipped the other yeah. way around, and I'm <laughs> the one that's all sweet and charming. <laughs> and you're the one that's like, no, yeah. they suck. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how that goes. <laughs> um, and I mean, besides some of these problems, I did really like her. She's she's funny. She says she was funny, and I loved. They had a lot of really funny lines in yeah. their dialogue, and I loved how sarcastic she was. And and they're kind of like flirting. Yes, you know. I did. I don't want you to think I didn't love the book, but there were some things about January yeah. that frustrated me. Um, and as someone who has like, I had a friend in high school who I called like a horn dog for Kurt Vonnegut. And then I had an English teacher who was also, like, just obsessed with Catcher in the Rye and Great Gatsby. And I got into it with him over, because he thought that Jane Austen wasn't good. And, like, we got into it one time. (laughs) Um, And then because I knew, I think I've talked about this, but because I knew he didn't like her, I wrote this entire paper in the style of Jane Austen, like super flowery, you know, Regency English. And I still got an A, so, you know. <laughs> and you proved a point. Yeah, and I and I just wrote like, P.S., hope you enjoyed this Jane Austen tribute. And he, you know, I was his TA and stuff. So we had a good relationship. But, um, but anyway, so I can relate to um, all of her feelings about that kind of stuff. And I did really appreciate... Um, like Ernest Hemingway circle jerk as a term. And she likes Veronica Mars she, yes. and appreciates Veronica's dad. Uh, and Keith how Mars. many times have we binge watched Veronica yes. Mars? Yeah. Um, so I also appreciated that. Um, okay. What did you think of Gus as our hero? Okay. First of all, grumpy hero alert. Yes. Like super grumpy when she first yeah, encountered like, him. Yeah. Like he was hiding in the shadows yes. and being kind of a jerk. And, um, I found him to be delightful, and as you find out more about his backstory, then you're just like, wow, he is super delightful for everything he's been through. Yeah. And we love an unrequited crush. Yes. Which 
he had in spades. And he'd been, at, you know, in love with her for a long time. Yeah, and as he, like, reveals more and more of that, I'm just like, oh, you total sweetheart. Um, yeah, I really liked him. Um, yeah, Reformed Grump, which we know I like. Uh, and I found, you know, I was, like, really surprised when it was revealed that he was divorced and, you know, had had a wife and was actually technically still married. Um, because I didn't see that coming, but I liked kind of his, how things are revealed about him and kind of what it informs about his character and things like that. And I wrote down this line about him. She says, he was a realist who was a little too afraid of hope to see things clearly when it comes to his own life. And, um, yeah, just, like, with what he had been through, it was, it was hard because he, he wanted, he, you know, she gives him all this crap about, because he calls her a fairy princess when they're in college and, um, all this, so her and her happy endings, right? And, um, but, and he wants that, but he just hasn't had... Just wants someone to love him. Yeah, he just hasn't had good experience with that in his personal life and in his family's life and things like that. And so, I don't know. I just, I liked his journey as well. Here's something that I liked, and I don't know if it was done on purpose or if it just happened this organically, but when she's describing him, she describes him as, you know, having a nice body to... But she doesn't go on and on about how muscly he is and how... Yeah, he's actually kind of more, like, lean. Yeah, and that's kind of him. the way I pictured him as more, you know, author art, artisty. Yeah. But, um, you know, not... He still had a nice build and everything. Yeah. Maybe sinewy would be a word. Yeah. But um, so many of these books we read, it's just almost laughable how broad-shouldered and, yeah. you know... Yeah, well... Yeah. <laughs> We like that. Huge muscled they are. Well, it gets to be almost comical after a while, though, because it's like in every single book, it's exactly the same. So I appreciated that he wasn't described that way. He was a little different from our, from our normals. Um, okay. I wrote down this line that, um, uh, January is saying about her writing and in comparison to his writing. And she says, if you swapped out all of my Jessica's for John's, do you know what you'd get? Fiction. Just fiction. Ready and willing to be read by anyone, but somehow by being a woman who writes about women, I've eliminated half the Earth's population from my potential readers. And you know what? I don't feel ashamed of that. I feel pissed. And she's kind of talking about how her books get categorized as women's fiction. Um, thoughts on, on that? I, if you hadn't highlighted it, I would have highlighted it because it was very... I think it was double highlighted in our book. <laughs> I, um, I was really, uh, I got where she was coming from with yeah. this. And even with romance in general, yeah, you know, there's not a lot of men that read romance and not a lot of well, men. Well, and romance is a thing that happens to both, you know, men right. and women. Yeah. And yes, it tends to be written by mainly, you know... Mainly women. Always women. <laughs> Not always. You can't say exclusively, but um, but mostly by women. Um, but yeah, it's it's it is, and you know, women's fiction is a phrase that gets tossed around a lot. I mean, we've used it here. And for the record, I would classify this book more as women's fiction than straight up romance. <laughs> oh, I see how it goes. <laughs> but but no, I would classify it as just 
fiction, right? right? And um, and it is, you know, there's no men's fiction, so what's the deal with that? You know, and um, and that it's 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 always the case though that anything that's for women is delineated as being for women, and when you know things are not that way with men, you know, and it's it is strange and well, I'm trying to think of what a term would be for books. I don't know. I guess because it's nice to be able to delineate between. Well, because like you would think, you know, like thrillers or suspense or something might be more masculine. But I know plenty. In fact, I mean, I think just more women are readers than men in general. And I not to not to generalize, but I think that the statistics back me up on that. Um, and. And so I know plenty of women who read those kinds of books, and those are the only kind that I can think of that would maybe be classified as men's fiction. But nobody does that because it's stupid. <laughs> I will tell you, from my teaching days, um, for kids, there's many sets of books that are geared towards girls mm-hmm. and way fewer sets of books that are geared towards boys. And part of the problem, too, is that... Um, you know, girls are pretty much comfortable reading any of them. any of them. Yeah, where boys like wouldn't be caught dead with a Babysitters Club book, which is a shame. <laughs> um, no, I remember that even when we were kids. Like, I mean, first of all, I was the reader, and we've talked about this before. But mom would say to us, like, "I'll give you five dollars for every book you read this summer," and then she finally had to stop me from being involved in that bet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just the boys. <laughs> I was going broke. <laughs> um, because I was always the reader and the boys didn't read anything growing up. Um, but I remember, like, yeah, there was always way more for me to read because I would read any of it. But then also there's a lot of girls, you know, American Girl and Babysitter's Club and all that kind of stuff. Um, and not as much for boys. Yeah. And you had a harder time finding things that the boys would be they interested in. like Dear America books and things like that that Goosebumps. were about war and, you know, whatever. But, um, and then, you know, the Animorphs and there are series yeah. that boys and girls could read. Um, but it was way harder to get boys just interested in reading yeah. than girls. And I don't know if that's a trait of some kind or... I don't know. Well, I do think in general, again, general, but I think science also backs me up, is that girls, women tend to be more empathetic. And I do think that um, reading is a very empathetic, you know, process. It's about putting yourself into somebody else's shoes and feeling the way they do for a book. And I think that Girls, that's just more inherent in girls. Well, and I think that society-wise, I mean, outside of education, um, like boys are brought up to be athletic. And, you know, if if you're a bookworm who sits home and reads as a boy, that's frowned upon. Where if you're a girl... Maybe not frowned upon, but it's less stereotypical than the girl girl who does that. Then, you know, 
you're super smart and yeah. embraced. Yeah. Um, I'm saying yeah. it's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, no. I, um, I just, I appreciated that, especially for these two characters who are writers, to kind of have that, you know. Difference. Yeah, and to have that Different kind experience. of called out in this book, I thought was good. Um, let us know your thoughts on that. Like, what you think, um, if the publishing industry needs to kind of change that, or if it's, I mean, it's purely marketing. It's there as a marketing gimmick um but yeah let us know what you think on that um okay let's talk about january and her dad and sonia um and how you think it kind of informs her relationship with gus which we've kind of touched on some of this but what did you think of that overall process of the letters of her whole journey just with her dad i just wanted her to read the effing letter (laughs) i knew and Especially when um, she found the safe and she couldn't get into the safe. I'm like, well, obviously, the co- and I knew the code was going to be her birthday. Yeah. Why and- couldn't she figure that out? <laughs> I don't know. She's like, God. <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's their wedding day. Nope, that didn't work. Okay. <laughs> no more dates. That's the only date I know. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I did cry. I mean, granted, I was finishing the book at like 2.30. Um, but I did cry when she was reading the letters, which you didn't, right? I did. Mom, <laughs> that's crazy to me. I mean, um, they were touching. They were sweet. Yeah, I, I cried. Um, yeah, and um, I did. I did appreciate about uh, how when she, I think for the book, it was maybe better that she. I mean. I know we wish that she had read the letters earlier, but I think it was better that she read the letters and had her talk with Sonia after she was in kind of the same situation with Gus. I think it's slightly different, but I did appreciate the kind of like correlation. Oh, he was still married. I was like, how are you connecting yeah, these dots? Yeah, the like correlation that she was able to draw, like, I think she was able to better understand her dad and Sonia's relationship when she was like, Oh shit! I'm kind of doing the same in thing. the same in the same place, and um, and I have to say, okay, this might people might disagree with me in that, and that's fine. You can disagree with me all all you want. However, like these letters that her dad was writing her, and maybe this is why it wasn't as moving for me, where he was explaining all these his life. I honestly don't feel that kids need to know every mistake their parents have made in their life. Interesting that you say that. Let's, what, why, Mom? Why do you feel that way? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say. <laughs> no, I don't have any No, I'm not referring to me necessarily, no. but I think, well, I think even with my own parents, I've found out things and it's like, you know what? I never really needed to know that. I would have been fine not knowing that. And, you know, no, there's no reason to tell your kids every little mistake you've made. Well, maybe you do or maybe you don't want me to say this, but there are things about your parents that I I didn't know for a very long time. And that was intentional on your part because well I didn't want to make you think bad about people yeah you know and as a kid you can't always separate those feelings and you know maybe when you get older it's okay but I don't think she was handling it very well (laughs) but uh I don't think it's 
necessary for you to know every mistake your parents have made in their lives. I do think this one was probably something, well, especially since especially he wanted, since the way it came out. Yeah, especially since he wanted to give her the house and things like that, which it was ended up being a good thing that she got that house. Um, okay, here's my beef. Here's what I will say about the house, though, is I did not. It's like in a vacation resort town and she's selling all the furniture separately. I'm like, just sell it like furnished as is. That's like a thing with well, I vacation. I think she's trying to get her her money, some more money out of it. But oh, okay. why can't she rent the place out and just make yeah. make income that way? It seemed like... Yeah, that's a good idea too. Uh, it seemed like a great way to, you know, yeah, I don't care if you destroy my dad's love nest, <laughs> but, um, you know, just use it as an income source. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that's just, that's an aside. And that was an aside for me. Because <laughs> that's the thought I had was, make money on this deal, girl. Um, but I do think, I did think the way that she wrote and structured out the book, it it was kind of cool slash interesting to see kind of how she saw herself reflected in her dad's situation. And that, you know, while we were annoyed that she waited so long to read the letter, that I think she was better able to like grasp and deal with well, and it. She even says, she says, okay, I've overcome all this stuff so far. Yeah. I can do this. And I did really like that towards the end, you know, she starts like, I need to remember the things that I have, the things that I'm grateful for out of my situation. Oh, are we talking about her feelings at the end? Cause I got things to I, say. I know. I'm going to let you get there. Hold on. Um, anyway, uh, do you think she forgives her dad? And do you think she should? Um, I think she should. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if she forgives her dad, but I think I don't know if she does. by the end, she's like at peace with her dad. Yeah. And, um, I did really like when Sonia comes and she says, you know, you are the one that had like all of him, you know, Sonia and her mom kind right. of in their own ways had to share him, but January always like well by the time she got the letter and figured out like the extent of his relationship with Sonia yeah because they had a relationship while he was separated from his wife Mm -hmm. and then I guess they were sleeping together towards the end of his life yeah um the thing is is I think a big I mean I don't want you to take this the wrong way considering but I think a big part of becoming an adult is realizing that your parents are not perfect people. They did not. Except yours. <laughs> no, especially not mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, they're just people who were handed babies and did the best they could, you know? And that, I don't know, like, I think that she just needs to... Look at what they did right. Look at what they did wrong, and love them for who they were as people, and um, and what they did for her, and what they gave to her, and kind of make peace with the stuff that maybe yeah they screwed up a little bit, yes, or or a lot of it. Everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, deal with it. And I'm sorry that you know your dad hurt your feelings, but. <laughs> But he did seem to really love her. And, yeah, and, and focus on the good stuff. You don't have to just, yeah. I mean, yes, I can see where it hurt your feelings. Yeah. But goodness sake, it just seemed like she completely <laughs> overreacted. Anyway. Okay, mom, I'm ready to let you talk about communication problems. Oh, gosh, just dang. Go, go nuts. <laughs> okay. Well, 
here's my beef with the conflict. And I'm using air quotes on the conflict because as far as I'm concerned, there was no conflict. It was well, just her freaking out. We talked about this. This one, it's not an external conflict. It's not even like interpersonal conflict. It's like internal conflict because the conflict is all within her own head and like things that she needs to figure out. And that's what pisses me off. First of all, (laughs) so his ex-wife shows up at this thing they're talking at at the bookstore where they're both talking about their writing process and yada, yada, yada. And so she just starts freaking out and she leaves and walks home. Yeah. Which probably worked out to be the best because he ended up having coffee with his ex-wife and yeah. But anyway, um, and then she kind of goes AWOL a little bit. And she, in her mind, is just assuming he's going to get back together with his ex-wife. That's just... Well, and this isn't the first time she does this either. Like, think about when they go line dancing and she starts thinking about, like, ways that she's not happy with him and then she just blows up at him she goes out in the parking lot and he's like what's going what on like don't do this right and she's like don't do what he's like whatever the hell this is i don't even know what i did you know she does that a few times where she starts she gets mad at him for something that he, he hasn't, hasn't even done, done. <laughs> yeah and so she she hasn't even talked to him she doesn't even know what their conversation Which, was in fairness girls do tend to do this I'm just saying, you know, slightly. I mean, uh, or like things that I we... I ass- I'm not a girl. <laughs> things this, that we assume... I can't imagine myself ever behaving this way. Anyway, so she is mad and upset about a presumed thing. She hasn't even talked to him yet about what actually went down. Yeah. And um, she calls in her friend. Her friend's like, I'm, I'm going to be there. She sobs to her friend for a day. And in the meantime, what does she do? Say it together. Turns, turns off, off her, her phone, phone. and <laughs> puts it in a drawer. Yeah. And, you know, she's sitting there sobbing to her friend about this lost love. And it's like, you don't even know if you've lost it. You you are losing it over something you've perceived has happened. You haven't even discussed anything yeah. with him yet. Especially because he's told her that, like, she's kind of dragging her feet and he wants the divorce, but... She keeps kind of drawing it out a bit. He's told her he loves her. He's, like, told her he's obsessed with her, etc. And they've already had that whole conversation. And she, I mean, he's entitled to go and have coffee with her. And and you know, to try and work it, not even work it out so they get back together, him and his ex-wife, but work it out so that they can move forward in this divorce process, you know? And he's also explained to her that he had feelings for her before he even met his wife. So, you know, for her to just assume that he's going to go back to this ex-wife of his, who, like, destroyed him and broke his heart big time. And, uh, yeah, I just don't understand. It just, it frustrated me to no end. And, um... Anyway, I get that it made for a dramatic scene and a dramatic well, and ending. Like, and, and like then... we've already said, she's it's it's all it's all reminiscent for her of the crap she's going through with her feelings about her dad. And so, you know, I I don't think it's a coincidence that all of all of, gosh, <laughs> um, mom's making <laughs> gestures about fiddles and such. Um, anyway, and such, and, such. and um, 
I don't know. And so I think that's what's going on. Um, it did not bother me as much as it obviously bothered you. But, um, yeah, that's, that's what else. I guess my thing is, as a reader. It's all, like, dramatic irony and things like I that. I know. Well. And as a reader, though, I think... There's a lot of people out in the world who have been through a lot worse than her and have handled it a lot better. And so I just, it's hard for me to get behind, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, it's, this is, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay. Uh, what do you think about what this book has to say about happily ever afters? Um, she has a line where she says, my happily ever after was a strand of strung together happy for nows. Um, what did you think of that element? Well, and that's, first of all, I think happily ever after, like even in our other books, there's a happily ever after. They're all happy for nows. Yeah. Everything is a happy for now because yeah. you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And, um, and uh, I just had a great thought. What was it? It was really moving and important. I bet. Um, <laughs> but when you think happily ever after, like even, like I think when I got married and, you know, I was so in love and so everything was great. And then, you know, have we been perfectly happy forever? Yes. <laughs> okay. The answer is no. <laughs> I, especially now that I live with you guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think we're in a great place now. But, yeah. you know, I think everyone's marriage, you know, when you're raising kids and dealing with jobs and everything, that middle part of marriage is a struggle for almost everybody. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it's hard. So you can't just necessarily say that a happily ever, even though I married the man I was in love with and we've been you know, married for 38 years and life has been, we've got a really great life, but was it always perfect getting here? No, it wasn't always perfect getting here. So you're always kind of reaching for a happily ever after, but I think the whole notion of just a happy for now is And yeah, and, and that happy, a happy ever after is just a strand of happy for nows and and um, sometimes they're not happy for nows, but then you live through the not so happy for nows till you get back onto the happy for nows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really liked that, especially, um, as a, a concept within a romantic book, um, to kind of talk about, cause again, we talk about happily ever after as an HEA is a lot and, um, and that it's not really, I would say like happy ever after is the fairy tale and happy for now is always the reality, you know, and that that's really what, what we get is the the strand of happy for nows um okay let's talk about sex bait me <laughs> it was it was good it was i mean it was pretty steamy but it was yeah not over the top um i did write down this line that made me laugh she says do you always have sex against your bookshelves are your books behind me right now is this an ego thing <laughs> so you can look at his own books while he's doing her that's <laughs> funny and then he laughs about it like later like it dawns on him later what she said and well and like, he says something like um, you're even roasting me when I'm like hot for your body or something like that. Um, yeah, they were really funny. We need to say that again because, um, mom keeps ragging on the book. Um, but I, I didn't hate the book. I really, I really liked the book. Um, but I got so frustrated with her at that end part. I was just like, Ugh. yeah. 
what was your swooniest moment? Oh, this one has a lot of them, I will say. Um, swooniest moment. I have like three honorable mentions and then I have, and we'll see which one you say. Wow. That's an excellent question because <laughs> I haven't, I didn't really think about it. I thought about my frustration and all these other things yeah. that I was going to say. Um, I did like the end, the dancing in the rain in the end. I liked- That's mine, damn it. Okay. Well, and so he says, and then this line when they're dancing in the rain is my favorite. When I watch you sleep, I feel overwhelmed that you exist. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, especially she said that's why her relationship with yeah. Jock, was that his name? Yeah. Wasn't good because she said, I'd look at him and I just felt nothing when he was sleeping. Yeah. By the way, I'm sorry if you can hear my dog snoring in the background. Well, speaking of which, when I look at your dad when he sleeps, <laughs> it's more like, stop snoring. Shut well, the crap up. In fairness, mom, he probably thinks the same thing about you what? and your no snoring. Lies. <laughs> Just so you know, those are lies. By the way, okay, you guys, <laughs> if you go into my parents' bedroom when they're both sleeping, it's like, how? And then they've got two dogs in there that also both snore. It's like, how do the four of you sleep with each other? Like, how are you not? You must all be deaf because you can't, you can sleep through all this racket. It's insane. And that's my feelings when I look at my husband when he's sleeping. Um... Okay, my honorable mentions were their notes to each other and how oh, she's the like... the notes were super cute. She's like, this is like a Taylor Swift video. <laughs> I thought that was funny. That was very um, cute. Him having been like so into her for so long and just like the kind of gradual reveal of that was super swinny. And then um, the part where they're like making out in the ocean and all the oh, trash is yeah. floating past them. <laughs> that was... Because I was thinking about when I tried, I was like, this could be a swoony moment. Yeah. Yeah, that one was good. Um, okay, let's hear from some of the listeners on what they thought of Does this Does anyone one. agree with me? I don't... Uh, if you guys well, don't agree with me, you're wrong. I actually haven't read... <laughs> this is my first time reading a lot of these. I haven't read any of them either. Um, so let's actually first hear, listen <gasps> what? to what listener Jessica had to say. Hi, this is Jess, one of the Jessicas of the group. I wanted to... Give my thoughts on Beach Read in a voice memo. This is my first voice memo, so pretty exciting for me. Um, I absolutely loved Beach Read from start to finish. I thought the book had all the feels. It had grief, angst, resentment, joy, forgiveness, love. And I thought it was great that January and Gus came back into each other's lives at the exact right time and that they really helped each other heal and grow I thought they had great chemistry and there was witty banter. I loved the notes that they shared across the deck when they were writing um, during their separate writing time. I also really liked the excursions and field trips that they took, that they got to know each other's process through that um, experience. And I thought the proposal in the epilogue was perfect and very swoon-worthy. Also, I have to admit that I bawled when January finally read the letters from her dad. That movement, that moment was just so moving and cathartic to me. And it's funny because my mom actually called me not too long after I finished that. And she asked why I was crying. And I said, I just read this really moving part of a book. Um, I also thought uh, the friendship between January and Shadi, that's how I'm going to say her name, was really beautiful and wonderful and showed a really strong supportive female friendship that I don't think you always see in romance novels um finally and I made a note of this because it was 
one of the lines in the book that I just laughed hysterically um, when I read it. But it's actually not too far into the book when Gus says, you know, he bets that he and January agree on a lot of things. And then he says, quote, all the important stuff, the chemical composition of Earth's atmosphere, whether the world needs six Pirates of the Caribbean movies, (laughs) that white Russians should only be drunk when you're already sure you're going to vomit anyway. (laughs) So for some reason, that just really hit my funny bone and I really loved it. And I just thought this book was great from start to finish. And I don't know that I would have picked it up had the podcast not selected it for the summer reading uh, group. So thank you, Mom and Ellen. Um, I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Jessica. Um, and great to hear from you. It's it's so fun to like get to hear your guys' voices and put voices to names and pictures. <laughs> Facebook and you all icons. sound so less nasally than we do. <laughs> yeah, Jessica included in her email of the audio recording that she's like hates the sound of her own voice, and I'm like, girl. <laughs> like, well, first of all, we have to get over it. But I remember like the first few episodes, I was just like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> Well, and, um, I, and I always had hated when I would laugh. I was like, oh, yeah. gosh, I sound yeah, it's, and awful. It's a thing you have to get over. However, I do need to agree with her that there is a lot of funny stuff in this book. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of great lines. And uh, and also with her on the um, friendship between her and Shadi, I re- and especially like a long distance uh, like female friendship uh, because I have a, f- a few of those as well. And... Um, the thing that's, I mean, like, you know, it's a real true friend when, and we, my friends and I always say this whenever we get back together, but it's like, when we get back together and it's like, it was yesterday was the last time we saw each other, even though it's been, you know, months or sometimes years since we last saw each other. Um, so I I have to say, I'm jealous of that because I didn't have that. Yeah. Probably because I got married so young. Yeah. So stupid. <laughs> that, was, that was stupid. Um, yeah, but uh, I've got a friend on the other side of the country, and we get together and talk for like an hour or more, and it's usually about nothing. <laughs> but it's good. Um, yeah, okay. So here's, let's hear what Cassie had to say. Cassie said, I loved this book. The premise was great. I loved the world-weary literary fiction author as our grumpy, misunderstood hero and the heartbroken romance author as our heroine. Gus and January were both so likable. I loved their backstories and the way that each part of their story was revealed. I think this book fits into the women's fiction genre and the romance genre, and it does both well. The love story was everything. I loved the pining and longing. Gus and January's happy ending felt well-earned. The setting was so romantic and made me wish I could be hanging out on the porch of a beach house while reading. I almost felt like I was there. I could see the, be- the this being a book I'll want to reread during the summer or any time. I wish I was at the beach. Definitely. I did. I was like... And I also really appreciated that it was a beach house, a beach house in Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like not somewhere in Cape Cod or, you know, one of these kind of prototypical places. Or that Malibu. We, yeah. Or... Yeah. Um, so I also appreciated that. And, um, and yeah, it did, it did make, especially, you know, with all this that we've got going on right now and maybe we're not getting to vacation and things as much as we usually do at this time of year. 
So Ellen, we need to go rent a beach house, an Airbnb on the beach, oh, and then awesome. hot guys are being going to be in the place next door. <laughs> be next door, and I'll send them Taylor Swift notes. You know, across <laughs> It'll the- be adorable. Yeah. Um, Sarah says, "I loved this one. I didn't bother reading the synopsis, so going from the cover, I expected light chiclet or a beach read, if you will, but it was so much more. It had friendship, familial relationships, betrayals, regrets. To me, it read." A lot like general fiction. There is some great banter, sarcastic remarks between January and Gus, especially with them being seemingly polar opposites. He's glass half empty and she's glass half full. I loved being them, seeing them transition from rivals to neighbors to friends to lovers. The side characters were delightful and I would have enjoyed reading more about Pete's book club and the members. I'm going to be checking out some of Emily Henry's other books in the future. I did like the side characters. Yeah. I, I, um, I really like Maggie. Pete and Maggie and, and, you know, their whole banter about don't bring up rocks. And she's like, yeah. oh, well, tell me about this rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I did, I um, I mean, obviously I didn't like it, but his kind of uh, perception of bright lights and black holes mm-hmm. and how she was a bright light and he was a black hole and how just she needed to kind of get him out of that mindset and things like that. Uh, Emily says, I really liked it, especially the switch of genres they do. I liked their chemistry and I really enjoyed her opening up to other styles. It was kind of fun to see, especially it, it made me want to write, especially with not doing a whole lot right now. Um, but uh, kind of seeing their process and them trying out these different and I loved like ha- his happy ending was um, <laughs> <Yeah>. it was <laughs> Not a happy ending. As it's someone, not a romance book happy ending yeah, at all. As someone who, um, you know, obviously I prefer the romance, but then it spent a lot of time in English courses reading these books. I, I just kind of rolled my eyes at his ending because I'm like, ugh, yeah, it's such literary fiction <laughs> ending. Um Claire says, I liked it, but I had high expectations because of all the great things I heard about it that I was kind of disappointed. The story plot and the characters were awesome, but it was too long, in my opinion. Some parts were boring. Um, Yeah. And honestly, Claire, I'm glad you put that because I sometimes just skim comments on the book. (laughs) And before I started it, I saw Claire's where she said, don't have high expectations. And I was like, okay, I won't. (laughs) I will temper expectations. And I think that that made me enjoy it more. Um, Deanna said, it's been a few months since I read it, but I thought this one was great. This wasn't the lighthearted, cheerful story. The cover leads you to believe it is. They are adults with actual adult problems. Loved the note writing from separate desks. Great side characters and his aunts. Reading the letter her dad left her made me tear up, which never happens to me when I'm reading. Fun fact, last time I remember this happening was during um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows when McGonagall tells the statues to defend their school. Oh, girl. I, there were, like, that book, I, I mean, basically from that moment until the end, I, like, I had to set the book aside down and, like, wipe my face and my eyes so I could keep reading because I couldn't see anymore. That was me reading Deathly Hallows. Anyway, um, (laughs) Gus and January had great banner and oodles of chemistry. I always liked it when one character thinks they've been enemies forever and the other character is like oh no actually I've been secretly in love with you for forever <laughs> yes I also love that yeah mom said it was kind of reminded her of hating game where it was he'd been into her for yeah when the she when did she not died. think that was the case well it was really cute when um she said 
I couldn't dance with you at the frat party because you had a girlfriend. He's like, no, I just broken up with my girlfriend. She says, well, why did you break up with your girlfriend? He's like, why, why do, do you think? think? <laughs> well, he said, I called her from the party and broke up. She's like, why did you break up with her at the party over the phone? He's like, why do you think? And I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> um, Tiernan says, I was so looking forward to this book. I was disappointed, though. Sad face. There was so much hype. I liked it and I finished it in two days, but it was OK. Three stars. So, there's one that's more on board with you. Uh, Jen said, I loved this book. I listened to the audiobook. When I was finished, I started over and listened to it again. I loved January's rants on romance, literary fiction, and women's fiction. The book club scene had me howling, and I'm in love with the term purse wine. Purse wine. That was funny. (laughs) When she was drinking from the... Oh, she stuck the wine bottle back in her purse after she came in. After she came in and gave it to them. She was just like, (laughs) oh, let's take that. Uh, as the story went on, I loved the vulnerability January and Gus had to share with each other. Uh, much like The Simple Wild, which Jen talked about with us, uh, this book had you feeling all the emotions. It had me laughing and crying. Yeah. I think Simple Wild pulls it off a little bit better, in my opinion. And obviously yours, but... Because um, well, I didn't hate Because there's daddy issues in uh, both of... In fact, I think Jen, when she was on, said that there's father issues in another future book that we right. were to read. And I think this is probably the one she was referring to. The, um, and, and I don't know, maybe because of things I've been through in my life personally, you know, that's what gave me problems with January and how she was handling things. Cause I really think she handled things poorly, but. And you've handled similar issues less similar, poorly. Less poorly. <laughs> yes. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> probably, I'm probably still not over stuff. So. Anyway, um, but that's just, was me. Yeah. Um, Jesse says, I loved this book. I thought Gus and January had amazing chemistry and were both well-developed characters, flaws and all. January's tasks to teach Gus about romance were so fun. Meg Ryan movie movie marathon, sign me up. And I love the way their relationship developed as they learned to be vulnerable with one another. Um, I'm always on board for a Meg Ryan movie marathon, but Meg Ryan movie marathon while making out with a guy in the back of the car. Yeah, Sign me up. Well, there are a lot of times, <laughs> this is one of those books where they're trying to describe what they were doing. It's like, I, unless what there's gymnastics a gymnastics routine yeah. are you pulling <laughs> off right now? Cirque du Soleil, you yeah. know, theatrics going on here. Yeah. I, they're trying to describe it and I'm like, okay, they're doing all this in the back of a car, which I'm assuming is like. Like a hatchback kind of yeah. scenario. And I'm like, ooh. Yeah, it didn't seem very pleasant yeah. or comfortable. But um, okay. even in the tent, I was like, there need to be, they need to tell us that there's some kind of blankets or something soft <laughs> that they're on because I'm picturing them just on the floor of a tent. And it wasn't, anyway. I think you're thinking too hard. Um, Christy said, so I'm working two jobs now and don't have time to read every week with y'all anymore. Sad face. That is sad face, that Christy. Sad but face. we'll take you when we can get you. Um, she says, so when y'all post the schedule, I look to see which ones I want to read and with y'all and which ones I'm willing to read on my own schedule. And I chose this one to go along with the group by the title and cover alone. Face lap emoji. Even reading the back cover description, I was thinking fun, fluffy, quick read, quick beach read, right? Um, no. <laughs> First of all, this wasn't a lighthearted read. It was deep and emotional. I really liked this. Um, I really liked this. I really, really liked this book. I'm stingy with my loves, but this was close. I liked the growth of both characters and the fact that there were major feelings when they first met, but the 
other was unaware. My only dislike was the serious lack of communication on both sides. OMG, just speak to each other about what you're thinking slash feeling. Unfortunately, I decided to read this book on Father's Day weekend, which is already an emotional weekend for me since I lost my dad five years ago. I'm sorry. Needless to say, I was a wreck. When she was reading the letters from her dad, I lost it. It was emotional and gut-wrenching, but in a good way, if that makes sense. I felt for all the side characters in this book, the dad, the mom, and Sonya, and I loved the ants. My heart broke for Gus and the childhood he didn't get to have. Anyway, I really enjoyed this book, and sorry to be long-winded here. (laughs) No problem. And yeah, I can imagine that Father's Day weekend, this one would be a tough read, especially just with what's going on. Um, I remember after my mom passed away, there yeah. were movies that came out that I thought, oh, this looks like a good movie because everyone says it's well, a good movie. Well, it was Family Stone. And Family it was Stone like was the one first Christmas after oh grandma had died. And we went and saw that thinking it was going to be like this lighthearted romp. And it was not. And it's about it's, a mom who has cancer and then <laughs> dies. And I was like, and gosh dang. How grandma had died. And so. the other one that was weird for me was um, Must Love Must Dogs. Love dogs. Yeah. And because about their dad getting out and dating again after their mom had passed away. And I was like, oh, this is too weird. Which so. he was also starting to do. Yes, yes. And so it was, uh, you know, they were fine movies. I'm sure they're great. But I, even to this day, I can't bring myself to watch them. Yeah. Um, Robin says, really enjoyed it. And I will be disappointed if you guys didn't. So. I did like it. I even gave it four stars. I did like this movie. <laughs> the book. But we're here to talk about stuff that we didn't like. I mean, this movie, this book. Um, I did like this book. I gave it four stars on Goodreads. I really, really liked it. I just got frustrated at about 90%, from about 90% to 92%. Yeah. I was frustrated. Um, Natalie says, I loved this book. It made me sigh a lot because of quote-unquote emotions and I just wanted to fall right into it I appreciated how it dealt with some very real and side material in a way that felt appropriate and not over dramatic and it still managed to be so romantic for me the happy ending felt especially earned due to the fact that this book didn't gloss over the hard authentic struggles of the characters um Nara says it feels like I've read so many books with a messy family history recently my family is super messy and last year was the messiest of them all I don't know how I feel about the book to be honest I liked it but I got so lost in my own thoughts and how I come to think of my father and my mother's husband as two different people in order to continue having a father daughter relationship with my father heartbreaks no matter where they came from make us really vulnerable and I think the book shows that a lot yeah, for sure. And, um, and you know, we've talked about how sometimes where we're at mentally can uh, affect our reading. So I totally, totally get that, Nara. Um, Allison says, I'm halfway through this book and I'm enjoying how the characters' stories are coming out slowly. I do find the pace a little slow, but the story is good enough to keep me going. Elizabeth said, I was a little worried about this being an overhyped book because, uh, as I had been seeing all over social media for the past few months. The premise sounded interesting and I loved it. I felt so bad uh, for January. She was going through a lot and this book ended up being a lot more emotional than I originally thought. Gus was perfect. He's the grumpy hero that I love. I think I would class this more as women fiction than a romance. Sure, the romance was there, but I felt that the main plot was January and her dealing with her dad's betrayal. I agree. I still enjoyed it. All the little dates they went on were so cute. I loved the line dancing scene. I can just imagine being exactly like Gus. The miscommunication towards the end did irritate me, but I didn't hate it. I think they were both just two damaged people, and I am so happy they found each other. Um, I would like to hear from you guys if you think 
what you think of like the cover and marketing of this book. And um, I think it's more to kind of market it to general as a light fluffy read in comparison to what they generally read. Um, but kind of what you guys think of, of that and whether, you know, the cover and light fluffiness of it misled you in any way and whether you think that was good or bad, I guess. Um, Cynthia says, there was so much about this book I loved and only one thing I hated, his ex-wife, <laughs> but I loved Gus in January. I loved how they first met and the dance they shared at the frat party. I loved Shadi and Pete. I loved their bet and how they used it to help them heal. I even like that Sonia got herself a healthy relationship in the end, even though I hated her in the beginning too. <laughs> and I truly loved the setting and really want to go to North Bear Shores now. It definitely wasn't what I expected from a book called Beach Read, but I wasn't disappointed. I really enjoyed it. Sarah says, I loved this book so much. Grumpy Gus, who I knew loved January from the jump, is my type. I loved that January confronted her loss, her disillusionment of her disillusionment of her father, her feelings of love and relationships without feeling so heavy that it was hard. Gus and January were exactly what they needed in each other in the most perfect way. As someone who loves love, I loved this book and related to January. If only I could write. <laughs> Pete was what I tried to be to my ne nephews and niece. This book just hit all my buttons. Um, Marcia said, really, really liked this book. Finished it in a day. It had Jeez. excellent banter. Um, I mean, we essentially finished it in a day. I did. More or less. Uh, anyway, it had excellent banter, especially in the form of written notes. They help, uh, they held up for each other to read through the windows. A powerful moment in the story for me was when you realize that Sonia and January's past weren't so very different. Quote, Gus is married. I thought I wanted to hate her. I did hate her, and I also felt her pain mixing with mine. What I liked about this book, uh, that was end quote. She said, what I liked about this book was how it dealt with different interpretations of uh, what consists of a happy ending to a story. The story Gus wrote had a happy ending, according to him, even though both characters died in the last chapter. And Gus and January considered themselves happy for now, when we as readers would probably consider this book to have a happily ever after. Um, what do you think of the use of both those terms? And I think we, we covered that. We covered that. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear what you guys think of that. Uh, Aieda said, so good. There are a lot of things to like here, but my favorite is probably how we got to see the main couple evolving without changing their essence. She was still romantic and he was still a bit of a nihilist, but we knew for sure they made each other better. I also liked how the secondary characters were three-dimensional and fun to follow. Jennifer says, I really enjoyed the book, but for some reason I'm obsessed with the boat and why it was even included in the story. What was the point except to show by naming it January, she was always in his thoughts, but that was the point of the safe code. Who paid the maintenance on it for that year? What happened to the boat? <laughs> well, they never do talk about it ever again. Yeah, I think it was because like, I think, you know, she talks about how part of her and her dad's relationship was he would take her out on a boat. You know, when he, I think it gave them a pl her a place to go away where he didn't know where she was. So when he came home from talking to his that's also true ex wife, he couldn't find her. And it's one more thing she can sell and make money there off. There you of. go. <laughs> um, Anna Maria says I enjoyed this book and found it powerful when January equates her affair with Gus, who was recently separated, to the affair her dad has when he separated from her mom. Well, I don't think Gus was recently separated. Weren't they separated for like? I think it was a year or so. Oh, I thought it was longer so. than that. I thought it was like three or four Maybe. years. 
I found myself rooting so hard for Gus in January and then felt like a hypocrite when I looked at Sonia as the other woman. At that point, I got mad at her dad, but those letters at the end made me cry. Um, and then finally, we have another recording from Catherine. So ah. let's take a listen to that. Hi, this is Catherine, and I really liked Beach Read. It's definitely not a Beach Read. Um, and they don't even really go to the beach that often. I'm really glad that Carrie Winfrey warned us in the comments that she cried because it helped me um, kind of get in the right mindset because the cover and the you know the title and everything really does not <laughs> tell you what's going to be inside. Um, I think that January definitely won the bet. Um, Gus, Gus's idea of a happy ending for his rom-com was just so depressing. And the other thing is January couldn't even get published by her existing publisher. So she really did um, go beyond, you know, the expected, whereas he just kind of, I feel, I feel like she actually took the challenge um, more than he did. And um, I thought they were so cute together. I loved the window notes and him telling his aunt about getting in trouble for kissing at the drive-in. I have a feeling that after the pandemic, you know, and even during, drive-ins are going to become so much more popular since you can socially distance and it's outside. Um, On one hand, a double rider couple sounds incredible because you could live anywhere like them living beachfront on a lake Mm -hmm. um but on the other hand there's no health insurance um so hopefully um gus and january can move to canada or you know maybe something will change in the u.s um and yeah i think that i would like to know if they ever blurbed each other's books and um the back matter was a big hit at my house i accidentally traded kindles with my husband and when I tried to trade back, he said, I'm reading about The Shining. It's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> so anyway, I really liked this one. I'm glad we read it. Um, hope you guys liked it too. Thank you, Catherine. Do you know what she's talking about? Did you read the, the ending? I didn't. Where she, she, talked, she talked about how she wanted to write this book because she had a friend that, um, that said The Shining is her favorite funny movie or <laughs> because it's all about writer's block. And if you look at it from perspective of it's just this guy who's got such bad writer's block that he's going insane it is kind of a funny movie well she even talked about how (laughs) i think everything i wrote was just all working no play makes jack a double yeah but um i do love how practical she is and thinking when worrying about them not having (laughs) health insurance (laughs) hey i get that though um yeah and uh there was other stuff that you talked about that i wanted to comment on now i can't think of what it was um, but thank you for sending that in. Yeah, and, that was awesome. And, uh, bringing us a little laugh there. Um, yeah, I, uh, the cover, yeah, I'm interested in how people feel about the cover and what they, what they take away from well, it. Well, like I said before, it was completely different than what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Just based on the name. And, and like she said, they don't even go to the beach that much. Like almost <laughs> never. In fact, they talk about how like. They don't go to the beach. They live on the beach and never go. In fact, he says he likes going in the winter more than in the summer. Yeah. Okay, mom, final thoughts on this book. I don't want people to think I hated it. Like I said, I did give it four stars on Goodreads. I really, really liked it, but I got pretty darn frustrated with her. And I I get that. Um, uh, Yeah, I I think I'll still stick with 
really, really liked. Um, just because I do, I do get what you're saying. And she did also frustrate me in those regards. And I could have lived with her not reading the letter and I could have, I like that, all of that I could have overlooked because she was going through difficult times. But the whole thing with her accusing him of leaving her without even talking to him, that frustrated me. Yeah, I get that. Um, okay. Those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Beach Read by Emily Henry. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is not your mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at not your mom's rom, or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On July 13th, we'll be discussing Dear Enemy by Kristen Callahan. For now, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be hearing from you about your favorite beat treats. So stay with us. Hey, everybody. This is Kelly Reynolds, and I host Boobies and Newbies, part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Every episode, I invite a romance reading newbie to read and review their very first romance novel alongside me, a self-proclaimed romance novel addict. In just two seasons, we've covered a little bit of everything, from Alyssa Cole's Civil War era romance, An Extraordinary Union. If we remade When Harry Met Sally and cast Gabrielle Union and and John Cho. Oh my god, I would so watch that! To the badass lady billionaires in Lucy Scores The Price of Scandal. That would just like make my day as if you had this big buff British man in your tub. Not to mention our steamy spotlight episodes where we discuss topics in and around Romance Landia and even interview some of our favorite romance authors. Find and follow us on social media at Boobies Podcast and catch up on previous episodes on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Welcome back. I figure that since we have Beach Read on the docket today, that it would be appropriate to talk about what we think Beach Read means and some of our favorites as well as some of yours. So mom, how do you define a Beach Read? Well, first of all, I don't think Beach Read is a Beach, beach Read. read. <laughs> the book Beach Read is a Beach Read. Um, yeah. Um, a Beach Read is just something, first of all, something that doesn't take a lot of concentration yeah. because you're, you know, sunning yourself on the beach. Yeah. And maybe trying to watch children while you're... <laughs> or even by the pool. It's just kind of something I know, that, I like... Understand. I know. I'm, I'm... <laughs> um, so something that doesn't take a lot of concentration. Something that's just kind of light and fun. And n- not overly angsty. And, uh, you know, just easy. Yeah. Um, that's... I, I kind of... My mind goes immediately to kind of more of our rom commy books that we like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I do want to say that I, I do think that sometimes society uses it a bit as a demeaning term. And you know us, we would never do that ever. Um, and I think that a lot of times it's used in a demeaning way towards books that we talk about on the reg. So um, I especially would not use it that way. So screw you, society. Yeah. (laughs) For so many reasons right now. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But, um, okay, so what are some of the books or authors that come to mind for you when it comes to beach reads? I would say something light and fun. Maybe 
uh, sexy. Yeah. So like a Tessa Bailey. Oh yeah, she would be a good one. Or um, a Tessa Dare. Speaking of a yes, Tessa, yes. Um, I thought Sal. I think like Hating Game would be yes one that Sally I would go Thorne. to. Um, who else would I? Was Avery I? Flynn. Yeah. Um, like the accidental trist, I think. Uh, somebody mentions it, and then and it's also it's a good one. Is uh, I think a lot of Christina Lauren, not all Christina Lauren. I don't. I think sometimes theirs can get a little more angsty, but the unhoneymooners would be yes a great one. Um, and anything where it's kind of vacationy themed and well, and I'm thinking of like the worst best man that we read by Lucy score, score. Yeah. Which was like bonkers in a the beginning and it was in the Bahamas or somewhere. Yeah. It was so, um, yeah. Or any of the like, Oh, JT guy singer, JT guy singer would be good. But yeah, any of those that are just fun and, and light and enjoyable. And I also read, um, there's a series called Fool's Gold, which I think I've talked about it on here before, and it's um, it's kind of. In fact, I think there is a Hallmark movie that is based on one of her books, um, by Susan Mallory, and she. I don't know if I. It's been a long time since I've checked in on this series, but she would release three books every summer. Like there was one that would come out in June, July, and August. And, um, Bless her heart. so, well, I think she would just like stockpile them. I understand that okay. she didn't write them all Mom, month apart. <laughs> she, um, but, uh, anyway, so something like that where especially, you know, like these kind of more small town romances. Jill Shelvis writes, um, yeah, hers beachy would be kind good. Um, Anyway, let's let's hear from what what some of your guys is that you say. Something uh, Emily says something light and easy, little to no angst. I have recommended a lot of Penny Reed. Yeah, oh, yes. that's always a good one uh, for beach reads, especially the time space motion ones. That's oh. an interesting because that's not exactly where I would f- first go with beach reads for her. Those tend to be a little more angsty than some yeah, of the but knitting I, in the city. Any that. of them, any of Penny Reed would be qualify in my mind um elizabeth said i loved the unhoneymooners by christina lauren the book cover looks like it belongs on the on beach, beach. <laughs> yes and i totally agree with that you can um, all smell the coconut oil yeah yeah exactly smell the banana boat on on it um samantha says i am usually too busy to read when i'm at the beach but a beach <laughs> read to me has vacation as a theme pirates are a bonus exotic locales or beach sand settings uh some of my faves that fall into this would be katie McAllister's blow me down and bonnie vanek's historical egyptian series which i'm not familiar with either of those so is it joanna Lindsay that wrote the um gentle rogue and things yeah. like that yeah because those some of those were of that bent yes um Jen says, beach reads to me are light and fluffy romances or cozy mysteries, which, yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, She says, some examples of beach reads would be Love According to Science by Claire Kingsley or her Jetty Beach series, which are quick fun reads. Most Penny Read books, Alice Clayton and Christina Lauren. Alice Clayton is a good option for that as well. Um, Jessica says, a beach read to me is a fun, light, feel-good read with very little or no angst, unnecessary drama, or just a plain bananas type book. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's that's good too. And my ideal beach read is a book that can be read over the course of a few hours slash afternoon. A recent book that pops into my head is jo Sophie Jordan's latest The Virgin and the Rogue, which was a lot of fun. I think a lot of Tessa Dare's and Pippa Grant's books would fit the bill too. I also think some of the Bananas Alien books would work too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, Bananas is good. Um, plus those ice planet books would be good to read on a hot beach. Because <laughs> it makes feel... you feel cold when you're reading. <laughs> um, Catherine says, I love something set on the water for a beach read. Nothing that's going to make me want to hide under my covers and cry slash have an existential crisis. But I've read plenty of those on the beach too. Also, I think a good beach read is something you can set down to spend some time swimming or enjoying nature. If you have a book that is too all-consuming, you might miss out on other types of beach fun. The book we read with the triplets and all the beards on that lake a couple months ago is a perfect example of a beach oh, read. Yeah. Uh, wild. Something wild. Something, yeah. Uh, what is it? <laughs> um, oh, it's going to bug me now. We'll think about it. Yeah. Uh, but it is something K. about... K.A. Tucker is the author, I think. No. No, that's not it. I'm getting all mixed up. Or is that it? I can't remember. Look I'm, it up, Mom. I'm going to find it. Okay. Um... Is a perfect example of a beach read. Maybe load up your Kindle with the whole series, though I haven't read beyond the first book yet, and head out to the water. It's not set on the water, but a fun one I just read, thank you Natalie for the recommendation, was A Paranormal by Talia Hibbert called Mating the Huntress. I Think I Might Love You by Christina C. Jones was really fun. I can see that making a good beach read as well. Okay, the book is Becoming a Vincent. Becoming a Vincent, yes. But um, going wild, it's all about the wild ones. Yeah, the, the who's series the, who's is the author. Uh, C.M. Owens. C.M. Owens. I knew it was initials. Um, but there's a lot of as I'm skimming through my Goodreads. Um, there's a lot of paranormals that would be fun too. Just fun. Well, um, even um, the Wolf Gone Wild would. be Yes, good. Wolf Gone Wild. I was yeah that that qualifies because it's kind of more light and fun than some of the other ones. Um, Christy says, beach reads for me are anything that's light, fun, quick reads. I love a good rom-com and I usually download about 10 extra books before a trip because my TBR list isn't long enough, you know? But I mean, I can't be running out of reading material while traveling. Shrug emoji. And yeah, I totally get that because I will, I like, that's how I, uh, rationalize. Like, I need to buy books because obviously I'm going to read all the time and then that never ends up happening. Um... <laughs> Lauren says, pretty much anything by Jenny Colgan. They are like reading a Hallmark movie. Yeah, I think any of those, like, Hallmark types are, are good, like I What's said. What's the Christmas book that we read, which I know maybe a Christmas book isn't, uh, but she wrote other books that are... Lauren Lane, or... Yeah, I think Lauren Lane has other books that are, like, light. Well, the Jill... We also read a Jill Chavez for Christmas. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Um... Jessica says, anything Tessa Dare, um, and before I read Romance, I'd say Stephanie Plum. Yeah, there, there are good mysteries. I think some of the more kind of fun, like, and somebody said cozy mysteries, I think that would also work. Uh, Cassie says, I like light and fluffy romances or psychological thrillers for the beach. You know, those two <laughs> things, which are so similar. But I do get that. I mean, like, I think uh, Girl on the Train and Gone Girl and those kind of books were, and, like, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. You know, all those books with girl in them. Girl. Any, any book with the, girl, the word girl in it. Um, but those were all, like, big summer reading books for people. Blockbusters. Um, 
she says, there is no in-between for me. <laughs> I have no idea why, but I haven't been able to read on the beach for years. Beach vacations with young kids don't provide very much relaxation. Mom's been there. That's true. Yeah. I mean, my life is different now. Now I just don't go to the beach that much, but... <laughs> Um, Elizabeth says, my forever beach read is Summer Sisters by Judy Bloom. That's the gold standard. For sure, my beach reads must feature a beach setting. I just finished Love Direct by Karina Halley. I never know how to say her last name. And it was a perfect literary substitute for my annual sailing slash beach trip. I know, isn't it so sad that we're not getting to, like, summer as much this year? Yes, we don't get to summer. 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 (laughs) Summer in the Hamptons. Yeah. Um, Nara says, my beach reads are usually thrillers, which I know, yeah, that is an interesting, uh, phenomenon within this group. Uh, Sarah says, I read super steamy romances or nonfiction. Robin says, something fun or humorous like Susan Isaac's Compromising Positions. The book is better than the movie. I don't know that I'm familiar with either the book or the movie. What was it called? Uh, Compromising Positions. Um, she says, or a mystery series. I love the Lady Emily series by Tasha Alexander. I love rereading Love in a Cold Climate by Nancy Mitford. Um, being summer, it isn't necessary for the story to be light. Sometimes, on the contrary, this is the time I can devote to serious reading like Wolf Hall or a classic. That's where you and I differ, Robin, but um, <laughs> everybody's got their thing. Um, Erica says, What I Did for a Duke, which is by Julianne Long. Uh, Taylor Saxon, or Taylor... Sorry, I, didn't, I don't try not to say last names. Uh, she says, Kristen Higgins, uh, the Best Man series, is uber cute and funny. Uh, she said, there aren't any open door scenes, though. Ha ha. That's not a deal breaker, but they certainly help. <laughs> and um, Laura says, The Beachcomber by Karen Roberts. Um, you guys have a lot of book recommendations in here. Remember them come, you know. July, like we're in right now. Well, come uh, book re- book list time oh, when yeah. I make up the fall schedule. Um, yeah, so fun to hear from, and I think I just wanted to do that. So if you guys are looking for a beach read, you can kind of take some of other people's recommendations. Even though beaches are closed. Even though most beaches are closed. Um, but, you know, we can all be having our sunbathing time or whatever. Backyard. Hit the backyard. Yeah, that's... Well, I need to do some more of that, especially while I'm unemployed. Um, and you have a backyard. And I do, which has not been the case for like 15 plus years. There you go. Um, okay. Thanks so much for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us on July 13th for our discussion on Dear en- Enemy by Kristen Callahan, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMom'sRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're ever so welcome, Ellen. I know. Uh, See you next time. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.